And that was Hozier with Take Me to Church, a single of theirs and one that I'm sure many of you out there have heard. And you are listening to Lavender Hill here on KZM Lincoln, KZM HD, 89.3 on the FM and online at kzm.org. Or perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy smarter-than-a-calculator devices and listening to me using your favorite mobile listening app like TuneIn or Next Radio or maybe even Amazon Alexa. Now, however it is that you're listening, I'm glad you're here. And remember, you can share the show or listen to it again for up to two weeks after original broadcast date by visiting kzum.org slash archives. And while you're there, why don't you listen to some of the other programs, too, that you may have missed? Or, of course, go to the homepage and click the Donate button and contribute to KZUM during this Give to Lincoln Fund Drive month. Uh, every dollar raised between now and 11.59 p.m. Thursday, May 26th, is eligible for a bigger piece of the pie thanks to the Lincoln Community Foundation and a whole bunch of awesome local sponsors. So, you know, Pick up the phone at 402-474-5086, extension 1, or hop online and make that donation. Uh, since I walked in the door early this morning, we've had two online donations. So, you know, that's great to see and really, really do appreciate that. And today I've got quite the show lined up for you, including a uh, small interview segment, which, uh, well... I think we might be going to now, and we'll hold off on everything else. Let's see here. Let me hit all my buttons. Let me hit, 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 hit. Uh, Dan, are you there with me? Dan, I'm sorry. Are you there? Uh, not quite yet. So we'll just give him some time to warm up and maybe get himself uh, uh, off mute or whatever it is. Hello? That is it. Yeah, there you are, Dan. How are you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. I think I've got the setup a little bit better and different than last time you were on. But uh, so everybody knows what's going on. I have Dan Huntley from Star City Pride uh, joining me this morning. Uh, Amelia was going to be here, but she's doing a, a, a drag queen brunch this morning. So Dan's going to be talking about some of the entertainment that's lined up for Star City Pride. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Um, Amelia was going to join us, and like you said, she had another um, another engagement to be at. Um, she's doing drag brunch this morning, and um, Star City Pride is doing uh, a drag brunch post-Pride uh, Sunday morning, uh, June 19th. Um, but the festival itself is June 17th and 18th. It's Friday and Saturday. It's uh, it's similar hours to what we've run in the past. Uh, we're going to be opening the stage, uh, music, and uh, and entertainment a little bit earlier than than usual. Um, in the past, we've opened the gates and then had uh, a couple hours of downtime. And the feedback that we've been getting from attendees is that they want music, they want some activity, they want some liveliness. Uh, uh, during those initial couple hours. So we're trying something new this year and we're having our, um, our featured entertainer from last year, TYB, uh, is returning this year to headline Star City Pride. Uh, he'll be bringing his friends Miles Boulevard and West Korea back. Um, really great reception from the, uh, from the audience, great feedback from the attendees, and uh, they're actually going to be opening 
Star City Pride. Both days, the first two hours, they're going to be on stage. So as people are coming in, the headliner is going to be on stage. So mm-hmm. uh, we're really excited about uh, kind of flipping things around that way. And then they are going to be performing at the end of the, of, uh, at the, end of the night uh, as well. So uh, trying something new. Uh, and exciting, really, to, to get the thing kicked off. We've got all the vendors and uh, upwards of 70 or 80 vendors. We've got uh, food vendors in attendance. Um, we'll have a uh, bar. We'll have kids zone. So there'll be a lot of activity for everybody uh, to, to take part in. Um, but the stage is going to be going basically the whole time, uh, all weekend. Awesome, awesome. And I understand from uh, sitting in on uh, one of the meetings for the uh, parade committee that uh, there's also going to be over in the kids zone, there's going to be a couple of hours uh, dedicated for the teens and the tweens. So uh, everybody, no matter what your age, is going to have some fun this pride season. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. And, um, and, you know, the past few years, um, it's really been the youth that has set the tone, um, coming with their family and their friends and that, that energy, uh, that they bring to star city pride really gets the entire event kicked off. Um, the last few years has been really outstanding. So, um, we're, uh, we're trying to do as much as we can for for all sections of uh, the community. So, yeah. Well, it does definitely sound like it's going to be a great time. But what are some of the other uh, entertainments that are lined up for on the stage? So for Friday night, um, our Friday night headliner is Morgan McMichaels. Um, folks might recognize the name from RuPaul from Drag Race. Uh, they'll be performing Friday night. Uh, and then uh, Saturday night, also from Drag Race, is Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Um, a couple of amazing, talented performers. Um, we've had folks requesting um, both names uh, for a while, so we're really excited to have them headlining Star City Pride this year. Awesome. Yeah, it, it, it like I keep saying to everybody that asks me about it or whenever I'm talking to somebody involved with the uh, the festival and the parade this year, it's going to be uh, a, an absolute blowout. It's going to be so much more. Every year it gets bigger and bigger, better and better, and it's thanks to the dedication of volunteers like you and everybody else on the Pride Committee and on the Parade Committee and all the volunteers that come out to help. Absolutely. We, Star City Pride is an entirely volunteer run organization. So we really do depend on, uh, on volunteers to make it happen. And, and actually, since we're talking about volunteers, um, we are offering free attendance for anybody who works, who for volunteers for a shift on either Friday or Saturday. So, um, you can go to starcitypride.org slash volunteer. Uh, sign up for a shift. You get your uh, your ticket covered for the day. And, um, yeah, lots of great opportunities to serve the community and, and be involved and still have a great time. Yeah, I uh, pointed that out to a friend of mine Monday night, actually, after I got home from the meeting that I went to, that, uh, you know, volunteer opportunities are still available and figured that would be a great way for her a teenager to get involved as he's branching out more into uh, community activities. And it's a great way to get introduced to what it means to support the community. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Customer service, paying it forward, giving it back. Uh, it's worthwhile work. So I, I encourage anybody who's, uh, who's got a little free time, chip in. It's, uh, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. That it is. Is there anything else you'd like to share today about what's going on for Star City Pride this year? Well, we already talked a little bit last week about the fact that you were one of our grand marshals uh, last year in the Star City Pride Parade. We're excited to have you uh, as one of the MCs for this year. Uh, we're uh, we're working on uh, on an announcement for a couple other uh, MCs for that event, um, and then folks can just keep an eye on StarCityPride.org um, and on our Facebook uh, page for more information. Uh, we're really Putting a focus this year uh, as well on local groups and local entertainers. There's a couple of new queer choirs that have popped up in the last couple of months. Uh, so a lot of focus on on local entertainment uh, and local community. So um, really exciting time. Um, we're uh, just a peek behind the curtain. We've been really blessed and uh, kind of overwhelmed uh, with messages from supporters. So uh, if you can hear my voice, please know that it's our highest priority to get back to each and every uh, person who's uh, reached out to us. And, uh, and I think that's it. All righty. Well, uh, uh, Gretchen would probably think me remiss if I didn't mention that uh, one of the first things happening Saturday uh, at the uh, Pride Festival there on the stage is the Pride Your Pet Parade. Yes. <laughs> yes. <we're, laughs> this is going to be uh, an experience. Uh, it's going to um, anybody who's got a ticket to Saturday uh, is welcome to participate um, you can bring your pet, bring your pet, pride your pet, uh, whatever that means. Um, and then by audience applause, we'll, uh, we'll have, uh, a couple winners mm. and we'll, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> sponsored by Zotus and, uh, uh, really fun dogs, cats, bunnies, birdies. We're expecting a little bit of everything. So I, I think I heard something too. about a fish. So <laughs> I did hear somebody inquire about a fish. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work yet. <laughs> I could definitely see a bearded dragon or two. <laughs> for sure. All righty. Well, thank you, Dan, for hopping on for a little bit today to talk about some of the entertainment that's lined up for Star City Pride. It looks like I'm going to have you and uh, Kevin uh, joining me next week to talk about uh, the volunteerism that's available, uh, as well as get a little bit of info out there for any updates that have happened over the week. Uh, I know that uh, part of the Pride Committee is going to be uh, down at the Capitol building this week. Not going to say when what day or anything like that just kind of doing a walk through and uh depending on uh my energy levels uh you know dealing with all the stuff that i do with my job sometimes that energy level is not quite there during the week but uh, depending on where it's at i might be joining them down there to kind of get a little bit more of an idea and a feel for what it is that i'm expected to do this year nice that's exciting mm -hmm. All righty. Well, thank you again, Dan. And I yep. heard Ron there in the background, so give Hi. him our best. <laughs> I had to babysit the birds. Ah, yeah. Somebody's got to keep those birds in line, or are they keeping him in line? Yeah, 
A little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Well, again, thank you for joining us here on the show today. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you and Kevin again next week and, uh, you know, learning more about what's going on pride-wise. And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and go on into some music here and switch gears for the rest of the show. So, uh, again, thank you for stopping in. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. It was great. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. We're going to uh, kind of keep with the uh, the theme of uh, that first song there. We're going to hear Colton Ford's cover of Losing My Religion, a good classic from R.E.M. All righty, then. There we go. That was uh, Colton Ford doing his cover of Losing My Religion. And uh, I just realized that I had my mic on the whole time, so I hope I didn't make too much noise for you all to enjoy the music there. But, hey, it is what it is. And, you know, after Dan and, uh, you know, Ron there in the background with the birds thought, you know, hey, it would be kind of nice to talk about some of the other pride stuff that's coming up in Nebraska. Of course, Heartland Pride up in the Omaha area, that's going to be in July this year. Uh, used to be that Lincoln's Pride was in July while uh, Omaha's was in June, and they just kind of, you know, flip-flopped for a little while here. Who knows what's going to happen as uh, things transpire over the next couple of years, but Coming up in just a few weeks in Hastings, Nebraska, uh, you can get your pride on the week before uh, Star City Pride. Uh, That's going to be on June 11th there in Hastings. Uh, Hundreds of people are going to be walking under the giant rainbow arch to gather in Highland Park behind the Hastings Museum for Hastings Pride 2022. The festival in March celebrate the LGBTQ plus community in Nebraska. It's now in its third formal year and Hastings Pride is growing at a breakneck pace and the number of attendees and exhibitors increase year over year just like they seem to here in Lincoln and elsewhere. That's so awesome to see. So uh, you can find out a little bit about uh, Hastings Pride by visiting the Star City Pride website, starcitypride.org O-R-G, or you can look it up on Facebook. Uh, really glad to see that it is going on again this year there in Hastings, Nebraska. So good to see that happening uh, with Hastings Pride, Hastings P-Flag, and all that being involved. And who knows, I might even get a chance to visit with somebody from Hastings Pride between now and then and share some more information with you. All righty. Well, if you're checking them out by going uh, to the Star City Pride website, don't forget to click on that volunteer link if you want to help make this one of the best prides ever. And there's still opportunity to participate in the parade in one way or another. All righty. Well, we're about halfway through the show. And we've had great, uplifting, wonderful news. So, of course, that means that it's time for something to kind of bring us down just a little bit. And I do apologize kind of, sort of, maybe for that. But uh, one of the uh, perhaps most vocal, supposedly liberal or progressive comedian and political commentators out there kind of stuck his foot in it recently. And I'm talking about Bill Maher. Uh, The headline here on pinknews.co.uk from uh, last night, May 21st, uh, Lily Wakefield writing for Pink News. Bill Maher thinks the U.S. is literally experimenting on children and everyone will be gay by 2054. 
Yeah, you heard that right. In the new rules segment at the end of his show, Real Time with Bill Maher, on Friday, the 20th of May, the political commentator and comedian referenced a recent Gallup poll, which showed that more Americans than ever before, 7%, identify as LGBTQ+, with 21% of Gen Z saying that they were queer. Mar said during his show, broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. If we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. Hmm. His comments garnered laughter from the audience, but he continued with, I'm just saying that when things change this much this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant? Now, trying to go for some yucks, some laughs there, and uh, as we all well know, uh, the comedians don't always land their jokes quite right. Uh, later in the show, the TV host, who describes himself as a liberal, added, quote, it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. The answer can't always be that anyone from a marginalized community is automatically right. Trump card mic drop, end of discussion, he said. Uh, Mar referred to gender-affirming health care for trans youth like puberty blockers as, quote, literally experimenting on children, end quote, and gave a shout-out to a book which compares being transgender to a mental illness and criticized the fact that there were no cisgender gay men as grand marshals for the New York City Pride. Uh, that's where we are now, he said. Gay men aren't hip enough for the gay pride parade compared to trans Gay is practically cis, and cis is practically Mormon. Again, going for the yucks, going for the laughs there, and I think the yuck part is definitely on point there. Uh, continuing from the article uh, and quoting Belmar, this is a phenomenon that we need to take into account when we look at this issue. Yes, part of the rise in LGBT members, or numbers, pardon me, is from people feeling free enough to tell it to a pollster, and that's all good, but some of it is because it's trendy. Remember, the prime directive of every teen is anything to shock and challenge the squares who brought you up. Uh, towards the end of the horrifying monologue, mm, quite horrifying indeed, he added, quote, never forget, children are impressionable and very, very stupid. Maybe the boy who thinks he's a girl is just gay, or whatever Fraser was. Uh, maybe the girl who hates girly stuff just needs to learn that being female doesn't mean you have to act like a Kardashian. Maybe childhood makes you sad sometimes, and there are other solutions besides... Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to say what he had to say there. You can check that out for yourself if you want on pinknews.co.uk, or you can uh, catch a rebroadcast or a stream of his show if you really want to. But, uh, yeah, like I was saying there at the beginning, sometimes, more often than not... A political commentators who are comedians land more on the yuck side than the laugh side of things. All righty. Well, we are officially halfway through the show, so let's take our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, I'll have some more music, some more commentary on the news for you. And I'll try not to go for the yucks myself. Little Otter Creek there for you. Uh, that was the times they are a-changing. And, uh, yeah, some good music there for you. Sorry, I got a little distracted. I was going over this next article a little bit, and it kind of, you know, threw me here and there. And maybe you'll see why. 
according to an article on LGBTQNation.com from Friday, May 20th, Daniel uh, Villarreal writing for them. Uh, the headline reads, Judge orders lesbian mother removed from her child's birth certificate. A parent involved in a bitter divorce with her same-sex partner is now fighting for the right to raise her child after an Oklahoma judge ordered her name to be removed from the child's birth certificate. In late 2018, Chris Williams and her then-wife, Rebecca Wilson, uh, found a uh, sperm donor on a, on a paternity site and decided that he was the right donor for them. And thus, their child, who is being called W in the proceedings, was born on August 8, 2019. But unfortunately, two years later, Williams and Wilson began their divorce proceedings. When the couple appeared in front of Oklahoma County District Court Judge Lynn McGuire last January, McGuire said the uh, Williams uh, said that Williams' name, that Chris's name, should be removed from the birth certificate because she had no biological relationship to him, being the non-gestational caretaker, and because she hadn't formally adopted the child. Williams' name should be replaced by the name of the sperm donor who is now petitioning the court for custody of the child. At least that's what the judge is saying there. Uh, My body instantly started shaking, Chris Williams said. I mean, pure terror as a queer person to be erased. In 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in the case of Pavan v. Smith that the same-sex parents of children conceived by a sperm donor and or birth surrogate should both be listed on the child's birth certificate just as is done for different sex couples who have kids the same way. In June of 2019, the Oklahoma Supreme Court ruled that non-biological parents in same-sex relationships can seek to establish custody and visitation rights equal to those of the biological parent. However, in the case of Guzman v. Guzman, the Oklahoma Supreme Court stated that the uh, Schnedler ruling does not apply to legally married couples, meaning that despite the two being married... Chris is the non-biological parent, does not have any legal standing to claim custody as her child's parent. Yeah, you just heard the confusion in that one, right? Uh, Williams' case shows that state case law can still challenge the legal custody of same-sex parents over their children. Nancy uh, Polikoff, an expert in LGBTQ family law, told the aforementioned publication that uh, she tells queer parents to legally adopt their children even though it is expensive and insulting so that parent-child relationship can be recognized anywhere even if you move to the most homophobic of possible states. Uh, Williams has filed a motion asking for the court system to reconsider, but the motion won't be heard until June 1st. The ACLU of Oklahoma has pledged to step in on Williams' behalf if the case is appealed. I'll let you uh, follow up with that if you so desire by visiting lgbtqnation.com for more information. I'll be sharing those links later today on the Lavender Hill Facebook page for you as well. Moving right along, another one from Daniel Villarreal, uh, also from Friday, May 20th on LGBTQNation.com. Teachers are already getting fired, resigning, and speaking out against Don't Say Gay movement. 
A gay teacher and a lesbian teacher are speaking out against the uh, harassment and censorship they've faced as school boards and state legislatures ban LGBTQ and anti-racist content from classrooms. The harassment, which is happening to teachers nationwide, not just in Florida and Texas, has ousted some LGBTQ educators from schools and compelled others to stop teaching altogether. Willie Carver, a gay French and English teacher at Montgomery County High School in Mount Sterling, Kentucky, told a U.S. House Subcommittee on Civil Rights and Civil Liberties hearing on Thursday that his school district's administrators have instructed teachers to cover nothing racial. Administrators worry that parents will object to critical race theory, uh, content educating students about the history of institutionalized racism. At least that's uh, his statement to the Lexington Herald Reader. The subcommittee met to investigate the silencing and stigmatizing effects that classroom content bans have on the teachers. Teachers are told to accommodate parents' regular demands that teachers assign alternative work for students whenever class materials cover black or LGBTQ content, according to Carver. A single parental complaint can also get books removed from the school. Yeah. Uh, Carver, talking to the subcommittee, said, I've always faced discrimination as a gay teacher, and I've weathered the storm because my presence saves lives. Hatred is politically protected now, but I will not ethically erase black or queer voices. I'm trying to wrap my head around why any public school district anywhere in the United States would ban racial topics. Racism, unfortunately, is a very true part of American history. And to forget that is to forget a huge portion of our own history and sets our youth up to fall in the future and erasing queer history as well uh, yeah well that's not the end of it unfortunately because there's even more stuff going on uh, as a GOP lawmaker is making a move to petition a court to ban Barnes and Noble from selling queer books yeah, so politics getting involved in commercialism, nothing new there, right? Alex Bollinger writing for LGBTQNation.com on this one, also from Friday, May 20th. Uh, it didn't take long for Republicans to move on from banning books in libraries to banning them from bookstores. Virginia Delegate Tim Anderson, a Republican, has asked a court to order Barnes & Noble to stop selling or lending two books to minors without first getting parental consent. According to a post on Facebook that he has since made private, this comes just a week after local schools pulled one of the books from libraries because a school board member complained about it. We are in a major fight, Anderson wrote on his Facebook page. Suits like this can be filed all over Virginia. There are dozens of books, hundreds of schools. The books in question are Gender Queer, a memoir by uh, Maya Kobabi, and A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah J. Moss. Kobabi's book, which is about uh, their journey to ex uh, 
accepting themselves as non-binary and asexual, has been targeted by conservatives all over the country who have called it pornographic because it contains frank discussions of sexuality. Virginia Beach schools voted to remove genderqueer from their libraries last week after school board member Victoria Manning complained it and several other titles. Complained about it and several other titles, pardon me. The book passed an initial review in the district, but Manning appealed the decision and it got banned. Um, so, oof, yeah. And the article doesn't give too much information, if any, really, about the other book that... Uh, uh, Anderson is trying to get removed the A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah Jane Moss or Mass M-A-S-S so I think I might have to look that one up and see what it's all about anywho let's go ahead and uh, take another music break here on Lavender Hill and see what kind of uh, good I might be able to dust off for us in the last little bit of the show so uh, let's try to cheer up a little bit with Bette Midler uh, one of the uh, greatest allies of the community with One Monkey Don't Stop No Show. Bette Midler off of her bathhouse, Betty, that was One Monkey Don't Stop No Show. You know, gotta, you know, cheer things up a little bit. Even though that wasn't the most cheerful of songs, it definitely had a more cheerful tune than some of what I could be playing for you right now. But uh, I've got a mixed bag here for you on this next article, again from Bill Browning from Friday, May 20th on LGBTQNation.com. A GOP governor has said that he would veto a bill that forces schools to out LGBTQ students. Sounds good, right? Uh, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, a Republican, has announced that he would veto legislation that would require schools to out LGBTQ students to their parents. The bill would require, if it's passed, schools to notify parents if the student joins an LGBTQ club or comes out to a teacher. Supporters claim that the bill would give parents more control over their children's education. And to quote one of those parents, who just happens to be a legislature themselves, uh, Senator Bill Gannon, a Republican, uh, he uh, claims... They don't know my child like I do. I'm the one responsible for them. The child doesn't have the capacity on his own to give up whether or not he's going to get certain medical treatment. I want to know what's going on in my kid's life. That's all good and well. little misleading and misinformed there uh, with some of his statements because he was talking about those certain medical treatments there's no school in the state or for that matter in the united states at least not a public run school uh, that is forcing children to get certain medical treatment to be part of the lgbt community the right has been using the right that's the religious right the conservative right however you want to put it has been using this ridiculous talking point that schools are trying to turn students transgender as part of the coordinated attack by Republicans against the LGBTQ population, student or otherwise. Uh, State Senator Becky Whitley, a Democrat, shot back to Gannon. Uh, This bill is antithetical to all the work we have done in the state to ensure that individuals in the LGBT community can live a life free from discrimination. The state's attorney general kind of gets on the bandwagon there with Whitley. 
Uh, kind of for different reasons, though. Uh, he has warned that the proposed legislation would run counter to the state's non-discrimination law. Not necessarily saying that he's against the idea of it, though, and neither is the governor, uh, because the governor says, I share the concerns of the attorney general and as such will veto the bill if it reaches my desk. He did start that out, though, by saying this bill, as written, creates numerous challenges for kids. Uh and the mixed bag goes a little bit more into a mess with Oklahoma Governor uh, Kevin Stitt, another Republican, who seems likely to jump at the chance to sign legislation recently passed by Republican lawmakers that would require transgender students to either use the restroom associated with the sex on their birth certificate or to use a single occupancy restroom or changing room. I'm just going to do a little aside on that and, and say that, you know, in my opinion, public bathrooms should either all be single occupancy or all gender neutral. But that's just me. Uh, so I'm going to leave that one alone uh, and, uh, you know, give us some happy news uh, for uh, those people who like binging television out there, uh, whatever streaming service it may be that you use. Uh, and remember, One Million Moms wants us to stop binging, so binge more. Watch more streaming t TV. <laughs> uh, Joe Locke, the star of, Hot, of uh, Heartstoppers, has sent a beautiful message to young queer fans, according to an article on pinknews.co.uk. Uh, Mishti Ali writing uh, yesterday, May 21st. Joe Locke has opened up about telling queer stories and shared his advice for people in Charlie's position, that being the character that he portrays. Based on a graphic novel by Alice uh, uh, Oseman, Heartstopper follows the teenage romance between Charlie Spring, played by Locke himself, and Nick Nelson, who's played by his co-star Kit Cannon. Locke emphasized how thrilled he is to be representing queer love in an interview with GQ magazine. I love how unapologetic the queer love is in Heartstopper, he said. The characters are never sorry about who they are, and... They're never ashamed to be themselves. It's so empowering to see, and that's something that he wants more and more people to be able to realize and understand. All right, well, I'll uh, be posting that link and more to the uh, Lavender Hill page there for KZUM later today on Facebook. And want to, you know, kind of give you a heads up about what's coming up here in the very near future, like in the next, oh, seven, eight minutes with the women's show uh, with Deb Anderson. She's joined once again by Twyla Twang, who is also going to be joined by a good friend of hers, uh, Joe Marie. Uh, talking about some of uh, their favorites in uh, music and women songwriters. And that's after an interview with Jackie Bristow, uh, who's going to be talking about her new album on the uh, Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond series. Uh, so stay tuned for all that and all the other wonderful programming here on KZUM. One last shout out to all of you who have been participating in the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive and you know the donors that have uh, sent in their pledges online today. I really appreciate that. And a reminder that it doesn't matter if you're in Lincoln, if you're in Kearney, if you're in Montreal, or if you're in Japan, as one of our listeners is today, you can contribute to KZUM and help support community radio. So thank you for all that. You can still go online to kzm.org.
click the donate button and participate in the Give to Lincoln Fund Drive. Any dollar brought in between now and 11.59 p.m. on Thursday, May 26th gives us just a little bit more of that giant pie provided by the Lincoln Community Foundation and a whole bunch of awesome sponsors. And speaking of awesomeness, let's go out with some great music for you here as I hand things over to Deb and Twyla on the women's show. So uh, keep on listening here to KZUM. I'll be back next week with some more news, views, and another interview here on Lavender Hill.